0: And welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Dozella, myself, Son Edom, talk about the things that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. And Dan, one of the things that's kind of interesting when you think about it is, especially in today's, the the, the nature of today and people. You you talk about people's behaviors. You talk about what they believe in. You know, there's a, a huge push with LGBT. There's a huge belief system in the theology of the lgbt community there's a big belief system in the theology of abortion and how you know with these different cases that have come down from the supreme court but then just from day to day you know you think about in the world of politics for example people will just throw out oh you're a racist or oh, you're a white supremacist and they throw out these things and it's about a person's belief system. It's about a behavior system. You know, we look at people in certain aspects of life, let's say kids, if you're a teacher, um, you know, the way they behave in class, you know, some are better behaved than others. You know, you look at the belief systems of people at uh, different religions and why do they believe the way they believe. And so beliefs, behaviors, you know, it's kind of like really kind of come to the forefront of society today with an emphasis on it because of social media because of you know news twenty four seven, and just because i think the state of the world that we're in i thought that might be something in in um, conjunction with what you wrote about can people voluntarily control behaviors and beliefs and so i guess the is there a simple question as to can they
1: Yeah, that's really why I wrote the article, Sam. because I think it is a profound question that people wrestle with. Um, I I know, for example, like in my own experience, as well as uh, for Tammy and I and our kids, you know, we've been married now um, going on 32 years and and, uh, our kids are in their 20s. I I know when our kids were really young, and we've talked about this on the podcast, but I know that we really shared the gospel with them continually, um, you know, from the time they could even begin to understand it. So I mean, you know, really by the time they were three years old, you know, if we asked our kids, you know, "Hey, what did Jesus do for you?" they'd say, "Well, hey, He died on the cross for our sins." And 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 so while they didn't have as full of a of an understanding as you get a little bit later, um, they had a simple childlike faith and a, an assurance of that and just a belief in Christ as Savior. So. In the case of our kids, just like for myself, when I grew up in a Christian family uh, with Christian parents, um, like where, where did our kids get their beliefs? Well, in, in our case, uh, it was their mom and dad having the privilege to lead them into a loving relationship with Jesus, which is about, you know, trusting Christ for salvation and then just trusting him uh, in our daily life. Um, but, but obviously, you know, you got people in, in all sorts of, of religions, you got Atheists, you got religious people, you got um, uh, all sorts of, of different political views, of course, that, that people have. So so can people voluntarily, uh, you know, choose what they're going to believe and and then how they're going to behave? And I think as we get into that today, I, I, I think what we'll see, Son, is that... Um, you know to a large extent um a, a person is able to choose that but 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 on the other hand and this is really the uh, the example song that I led with in the article uh, on the other hand if a person is being caught up in a particular current and I'll, I'll give an example of that um, it's very very difficult to get out of that current you know um growing up along the missouri river and then also here uh where we're at now uh, also along the missouri river uh in, in this community um the currents are so strong, and many have drowned in there. And, and you do not want to certainly go swimming, you know, out there in in, in the Missouri River uh, with, with the strong currents. You know, we hear about riptides, of course, out in the ocean They just pull people out from shore and and uh, just just pull them away. Well, in the in the mental and spiritual and psychological realm, they're also currents. Um, and and uh, so I gave this example. I wrote about there was this man I I met. They're doing a, a Bible study at the Sarpy County Jail here years ago, and anyway, he had a uh, cocaine addiction, and I got to know him quite well, and uh, you know, I was very impressed with just his his honesty and and everything. Um, uh, how hard he seemed to want to, you know, uh, beat that addiction, but but he shared an example with me son that I've never forgotten he said um you know when he would be craving cocaine um he said the closest thing he could compare that to would be like if you were underwater and you just had to get up uh above you know the water to to to, to where you could breathe um and that really um put this whole addiction thing into an interesting perspective because at a certain point when a person is so far out of control, um, that you'd be hard pressed to say it's a, it's a voluntary, um, decision. I mean, maybe, maybe still 5% of it is voluntary, but at that point, uh, maybe 95% of it is because it's taken over your life. And the Bible says a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. And, and so the last thing I'll say in that example, though, Son, is, uh, you know, I pointed this out in the article, that the first time this this man was um, invited to, you know, take cocaine or however that came about, I would say that was largely a voluntary decision, you know, the first time, because he was not yet in the current uh he was not yet in the current of that thing um but once he got in the current it started to pull him away you know there was that popular song you know you mentioned the uh uh the uh the gay and lesbian uh, agenda today and and transgender and so forth but you know um there was that song here what a few years back uh by Katy Perry I kissed a girl and I liked it well um when a person engages in um same sex behavior or let's just say heterosexual uh um you know behavior outside of marriage. I mean, you know, the there are occurrence with these things. And the first time you engage in them is largely voluntary. Um you know, but but to continue in that, um, you're you're now in a current. You're now um, being pulled away. The same is true with anyone, you know, uh, engaging in adultery, you know, fornication, um, homosexual behavior. Um, you know, anybody, many times, son, who let's say is um, an alcoholic, and the first drink they ever took, you know, was largely voluntary. But for some people. Um, it quickly gets out of control. So, is a person's? Are are your beliefs? Are is your behavior? Is it voluntary? Well, as we talk about that today, I think what we'll see is, um, yeah, God's given man free will. Um, at the same time, um, we're, we're not living in a world where everything is just like neutral. And there's no currents. Um, just like the Missouri River has currents, there are many, many currents in the spiritual realm. Um, many, many currents that people get caught up in. And, and if there weren't, the, the Bible wouldn't say test the spirits. Because, um, you know, evil spirits are associated with false doctrines. Um you know, I just uh, wrote an article uh, that's going to actually uh, be published in the Christian Post tomorrow uh, entitled How to Know the Truth About the Trinity, which I'm sure you and I, Son, will probably end up discussing in the podcast here sometime soon. But, um, you know, there are people on various doctrines that get are given false doctrine and they get caught up in it. And they get pulled astray by it. Um, was that voluntary on their part? Well, you know, yes and no. Maybe voluntary to, to listen to it, voluntary to, to start to dabble with it. But this is why it's so critical that whatever we believe, especially, you know, about God and spiritual matters, um, unless we're basing it on the Bible, which is God's inspired word, you know, all scripture is God breathed, um, be careful. Uh, you know, there are a lot of dark currents out there, or or dark ideas, I guess I should say, strong spiritual currents, um, false. Doctrines, you know, the Bible talks about doctrines of demons. Uh, so you've got ideologies and um, uh, religious ideas that that are wrong uh, that pull people stray. You've got behavior that can pull people stray, like the man with the cocaine. Um, maybe started out voluntary, but quickly got you know sucked into it. And once you start getting pulled by that current, um, sadly, and here we are, you know, this summer, like every summer, you're going to hear stories of people, you know, maybe down, say in the Gulf of Mexico, or, you know, they go to Florida on a vacation and, and they get pulled out by a riptide and, you know, they, they lose their life. And so maybe we can talk more even about that, uh, the whole thing of riptides here in the podcast today, because I think it does help to illustrate that, um, some of our decisions are voluntary, but others um, are, are happening because we're caught up in something that's more powerful than we are.
0: You know, Dan, you mentioned about raising up your kids in the Bible, and it reminded me recently here I saw a video, and it's just made the news, I think, in the last couple of days of this young boy. He, I guess, is a black boy. He is probably maybe four or five years old, if that, um, and he's sitting there hitting – police and cursing them out, you know, F you, calling names, stuff like that. And here's a young boy at a young age that was influenced by somebody to demonstrate this behavior toward the police. And it goes on for a little bit of time about him just yelling and screaming and uh, and yelling at these police and hitting them, you know, smacking them on the leg. And that's the type of thing that when you talk about, you know, beliefs and behavior, you know, some of that stuff is taught or you learn that how to behave that way from somebody else. And so that's why it's important that when we're dealing with this type of behavior or this type of issue, that we have a correct belief system. And that's why you talk about sanctified reason, you talk about, you know, having a belief system. What do we believe in? Because if you believe in things of the world, let's just take politics, for example. A lot of people have the theology of politics. You know, if you are... You know, for BLM, you know, then you got to go out and protest in the streets in the summer of 2020. That's your belief system. And someone's telling you to go out there and do it. But yet, if you look at what the Bible has to say, we wouldn't have BLM. We wouldn't have these racial issues because the Bible says that all men are created in God's image and we are to love one another just as God has loved us. And it gives us all this instruction on how to treat people. But yet, when we would decide to turn our backs on what the Bible says about even treating people. You know, you talk about abortion, and it's this whole now theology of abortion where people are crazed. I mean, once Roe v. Wade was overturned, you should see some of the reactions. I mean, Mm -hmm. the vitriol, the hatred, and it's like, you know, arguing over whether this baby is a baby or not. Well, just simply look at what the Bible has to say. You know, the Bible talks about life beginning at, you know, inception, and that's life, you know, and we're made in God's image. And so, again— the belief system of people, I think, sometimes will dictate their behavior, and if you're not having a belief system that is founded in the Bible, then first off, I think your belief system is going to change, and like the the like the tide, you know, the ebb and flow of the tide, you're like a jellyfish, and you're just going to believe anything and everything that pops up, and you have no grounded... like. Some people are going to believe, like for the BLM, for example, if I can use that real quick, you know, I looked at some people's social media and their social media was filled with Black Lives Matter and the argument over whether anybody else matters at that time. And they were posting all kinds of things. And then in two years, looking over their social media, what have I seen? I've seen them gone on family vacations i've seen them taking trips to different parts of the country i've seen them posting you know dinners out and nothing with blm there's nothing there to back up their behavior from two years ago so the point is their belief system was never in that it was just in being caught up in what the world had to say about the issue and then feeling like they need to be a part of that and thus then their behavior was dictated by that belief whereas christians are like you know what i don't need to be out in fact i asked one person that way i said what to be better for 10,000 people or thousand people pick a number to be on their knees praying rather than in the streets and this person who's a christian said no i think we need both and i'm thinking to myself wow that's pretty uh you know that's that's kind of an interesting answer because i think that if we were on our knees praying that would have more right. impact than going out and burning down our cities
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it, Son. Um, you know, prayer is just, it's huge. Uh, you know, what God does not answer a prayer, I think about the Bible verse, you have not because you ask not in James. And, and so I think um, there are a lot of things that we don't have in America because we haven't had enough prayer. You know, you mentioned abortion. Um, typically, I don't, you know, uh, quote, like my articles that we often use as the source of our topics. Uh, but in this case, I wanted to just, I, I was looking at this article uh, Uh, that we're referencing here. you know, can people voluntarily control their behavior and beliefs? And and I I, I wrote this on, I said, for example, some people have felt pressured to get an abortion only to experience even greater anxiety after the abortion. One study found that 44% of respondents regretted their decision to get an abortion. Among their emotional symptoms, women in this study cited depression, feelings of loss, shame, and even negative feelings when they were around other babies. 42% of those women said the Adverse psychological effects continued for 10 years or more. So that's a river that keeps on flowing and, um, you know, you don't hear that in many corners of the media that seems more interested in, in there being abortions than in in helping women to see that, that, you know, not only, you know, would you be taking a life if you go ahead with an uh, abortion, but you're also asking for years and years of, uh, in many cases at least, you know, of shame and feelings of loss. You know, then I also just give this example. I said, in a growing number of confused children and teens are deceived and led astray by t- transgender ideology. A young woman described her gender dysphoria that prompted her to transition. And she wrote, I think my gender issues came out of mental health, not the other way around. For the rest of my life, I will always be bewildered that this was allowed to happen. I was dealing with unaddressed trauma from sexual abuse. I needed therapy uh, and help, not a uh, bilateral uh, mastectomy. And so... You know, there's a river that people get caught up in when, for example, um, you know, schools and others are advocating you know, that, that, uh, that the kids who have some gender confusion, that they uh, go on, you know, uh, hormone suppressing drugs and, and begin moving in the direction direction of radical uh, surgery on their on their bodies. You know, it's interesting because on the Christian Post right now, as we speak, son, there's an article on their uh, on their front page that says detransitioners blast doctors they blame for maimed bodies. And it says a rising number of detransitioners are raising their voices in support of safeguarding measures to protect children from the harms of taking puberty blocking drugs, opposite sex hormones, or undergoing cosmetic surgeries to remove their breast tissue or genitalia. And, you know, we've also talked about, you know, that, uh, that article, um, that I wrote, uh, oh, a few years back, uh, that asked the question, will, uh, America's public Public grade schools uh, become transgender mills, and and, and so there were um, you know quite a number of us already, uh, even back in uh, in 2019, which is when I believe I wrote that article, um, that we're, were were we're trying to sound the alarm, and and we're we're trying to say, hey, wait a minute, um, this is very dangerous. Um, a high percentage of, of these young people who go through gender confusion, or as it's called, gender dysphoria, um, a high percentage of them grow out of it. Why in the world would you ever, you know, with a young child, you know, eight, seven, you know, maybe even four and five, you know, as, as is happening, why would you ever feed into their confusion? By suggesting the absurd idea that maybe you know um, their their birth gender is not really who they should be, and and that if, if they're having these feelings that are 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 uh, causing them to feel weird about being a little boy or being a little girl, that well, there's a way we can address that. Uh, so says the 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 pop psychology the dangerous uh, dark ideology that seeks to transition these kids i mean it sounds like science fiction son i mean you know who would have thought you know uh, a few decades ago that, that this sort of thing would be happening and being pushed by people and um, it's just so alarming, so dangerous, and so these detransitioners are saying, "Hey, time out! You know, I got caught up in that river. I got caught up in that flow. Um, I made some radical decisions about my body. I had I had radical surgery to, as they say, maim my body in a way that I can never undo." And, 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 and so, um, you know, you ask about like a young child, can a young child voluntarily control their beliefs and behavior? Well, in the case of young children, they're very impressionable. So on one hand, you can say yes. But on the other hand, we would say, but, but we try to do things that protect their hearts and minds, certainly from making major decisions that they don't understand the ramifications for. Um, and, but rather than protecting their young minds, son, what we're seeing is that there are those who have an agenda to try to assist these gender confused children into transitioning. And it's just absolutely, um, it, it's unbelievable. It, it's, it's, uh, it is child abuse is what it is, but it is happening. And, and this goes to um, how did these adults come up with such, um, such evil ideas, that, that that they're going to expose children to this kind of dark ideology, dangerous, life-changing um ideas and and yet it's happening and and so we live in a society where um the only bedrock that we have, the only anchor that we have is what our nation had, you know, hundreds of years ago. Um and 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 that uh you know that is the word of God. I mean even before um United States became uh a, a nation, I mean even you know, when when people were were arriving and 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 doing so to uh to spread the gospel, um you know, we've come so far from that. You know, our Ivy League institutions were were started, whether it be Princeton, Yale, Harvard, you know, they were started on um hundreds of years ago to to spread the gospel. And um now that has all that has all changed. So um you know ideas matter uh decisions matter beliefs matter and the Bible tells us God's perspective on life and truth and reality and there are rivers out there. And, uh, you know, Tammy, my wife was just listening today to, uh, revelation, uh, revelation, uh, 21. And, and, and where it talks about, you know, this, this crystal river flowing, um, you know, there within the, within the city of God. I mean, the rivers of living water that John speaks about in in his gospel that really Jesus spoke about but but John records it there uh, where Jesus said you know out of you will flow rivers of living water um, so the best current of course the best river to get caught up in is the river of the holy spirit and 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 if you're not willing to go there if you refuse to come under the control of the holy Spirit by repenting of your sin accepting Christ as your savior yielding your life to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, well, then you will most certainly get caught up in some other current. Because I don't know anybody's Son. I don't know. I don't care what their religion is, if they're, uh, you know, if they're an atheist, if they're whatever they are. Everybody's in. A, everybody's caught up in something. You know, everybody, uh, you you cannot be neutral. Um, you will be caught up in something. And even if you think you're not, then if, if you let other people make decisions for you, then you're still being caught up in their decisions then. And, and so in the case of many young children i mentioned our kids you know hearing the gospel when they were young um, when parents make choices for their young children they're choosing what current to put their kids in and that's a choice i uh, know as the kids get older they're going to start making their own choices but when they're when they're two three four you're making those choices for them and so i would just say to parents choose wisely uh ask god for wisdom go to his word you know pray for your kids and keep Jesus at the center of that, because if you don't there'll be plenty of other currents, um especially today and and, and as we're finding son, even when they start in uh something as early as kindergarten, you know where we're we're seeing situations where kids are being fed propaganda that is absolutely false about their bodies, about their gender um And, and so parents really need to be aware of this, um, as, as they make decisions, you know, and, and what, what am I going to do with my kids? Am I going to homeschool? Am I going to, you know, send my children to a Christian school? Uh, am I going to send my children to a public school? Well, I better be careful which one it is. Now we're blessed in the area that we're in here. Uh, you know, we've, we've still got some good, um, you know, everything I hear, you know, uh, well, not everything, but most things I hear is, um, you know, we've Got a lot of a lot of good still uh you know conservative values in in the public school system here but um all it takes is one teacher all it takes is one teacher with false ideas about gender um to start spouting that to your little 5 or 6 year old and they come home and say mommy daddy you know my teacher says you know maybe I'm really not a boy <laughs> you know maybe I'm really not a girl and that's that's coming to a school near you uh is obviously already in many schools but but even in those school districts like you know where we find ourselves here where um you know it, it hasn't overtaken uh, the way it has in some places let's say in california or elsewhere um it's coming. And, and so these are, these are decisions that parents need to be involved with. And is it any wonder son, that so many, um, so many Christians are feeling led to try to be involved now, um, you know, on, on, on a school board uh, in their, in their area, trying to be a, a an influence because there's so much darkness in our society today that's being spouted by the media uh, Uh, the entertainment uh, industry, Hollywood, Um, so much darkness that um, what would we do without the Bible? What would we do without the gospel? Boy, we would be like a ship lost at sea, pulled into all sorts of storms, and ultimately some, we would lose our soul. We would die. We would go to hell uh, because... Um, you know, that's where man goes to pay for his sins if he refuses uh the punishment that Christ took on our behalf when God so loved us that he sent his only son to the cross. So, um, you know, you and I have talked a lot about heaven and hell, which is where all of this is funneling down to, you know. So, uh yeah, I know people say, well, there's heaven and hell on earth. Well, yeah. I mean, there are examples in a way it's not the same thing because the real hell is far worse and the real heaven is far better. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, people go through hell. Um, you know, uh, I mean we we just you know, we we've got somebody in our church who just flew out to uh San Diego yesterday. Uh has a 42-year-old daughter who was diagnosed here uh, very recently with uh late-stage pancreatic cancer and here just a few days ago had a stroke. Um and and it's like you know, how does that happen? um how, how how do we live in a world where someone so young can be facing something so deadly I mean, you know, so, I mean, boy, son, um, if it wasn't for Christ coming to die for us and rise again, and the promise of the new body that we have in heaven waiting for us that God will give us, you know, when we're we're resurrected uh, on the last day, um, and and the Bible says when when we rise up, we're going to rise up with that new body. You know, the body that is sown in the ground is perishable. So when they lay us in the ground, or even, you know, let's say if a person is is cremated, you know, either way, um, the body that is sown... Sown is perishable, it is raised imperishable so there 's an idea for you there's a belief uh, you know for 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 a person uh, How about hanging on to that one in a world of pancreatic cancer and transgender ideology and and, and abortion? And and just the sin that we face in our own lives, the sinful desires that we that we that we feel many times because we have a sinful nature. Um, the bad decisions that we make uh, you know at times. In a world like that, son, that there's a savior, a redeemer who shed his blood for our sins and promises eternal life in heaven where we already have an inheritance um that, that God has waiting for us, I'd say that's some pretty good news. And you're not going to hear about it much on on TV or in the newspaper. But if you open up your Bible, um, it's all over the place. And and so uh, I'm just thankful we've got the Word of God today, Psalm, because um, beliefs matter, behavior matters, and many times it, it's not um, it's not purely voluntary. It, it's largely related to the, the the current that we're in, be it a dark current or be it the flow of the Holy Spirit.
0: You know, you're right, 2 Peter two nineteen, when it talks about a man as a slave to whatever has mastered him. And I guess you can kind of see that in some of the stuff that's going on today. I mean, blatantly, nobody's holding back from demonstrating or showing through their actions, through their words, what is mastering them. And you talk about, you yeah. know, having the promise of salvation, the promise of eternity. You know, I can't imagine what it would be like to be without that promise. I mean, what are you putting your faith in? I mean, I think about all these politicians that are trying to change the nature of the world. And you think about the Senate and I think like a lot of them, you know, over 80, over 70, you know, I mean a big, a big number of them. And you think about, you know, the president, some of these people, it's like, dude, you guys are going to die soon. And are you really going to sell your soul? for this stuff here? I mean, there's no hope, even though they think there is. There's no hope for anything beyond this earth unless it's rooted in the foundations of biblical principles, that fact that Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. And you're spending your last few moments, you know, brief moments, as brief as life is on this earth, and you're selling out to this ideology, whatever it might be, and that's what you want to put your 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 mark on that's what you want to put your efforts into and it's really sad and hopeless i mean you think about a hopeless place um that this earth is without god without jesus's promise you know of being the the mediator between us and god and coming to the cross and i think that a lot of people just you know i can't imagine what must be going through their mind when they're void of that you know cuz i think about times growing up you know i grew up in the church too and there were times where you know i would choose to maybe do something other than what was talked about in the Bible. You know, I chose to um, maybe not do church, or maybe I chose to do a particular sin, whatever, but I chose to do that. But the fact was that I did not give up on my beliefs. It's not like I'm trying to change my beliefs to fit my behavior. You know, I'm not trying to change my beliefs or change the Bible to fit what my sinly behavior is. My beliefs in the Bible are firm, and I just happen to live sometimes contrary to that. And I think there's a difference between the world today is that they're trying to change. I think Hillary Clinton said that, oh, we need to change our thoughts on the Bible and change the Bible to fit today, you know, and so anytime we're trying to make today – or the Bible fit today instead of us live according to the Bible. I think that, uh, has a huge impact on the actions of people and the beliefs. And I think the church is one place, like you said, you know, here in America, I think the church is one place that's really faulting with, you know, faulty, uh, preaching and faulty, you know, gospel that's put out there because a lot of people are buying into it. Where else? You know, you find churches here in America that are promoting the LGBT pastors. You know, you're finding people that are like engaging in the church in activities, beliefs, and, 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 uh, you know, the, theological beliefs that are completely contrary to the Bible. And when you get to that, I mean, could you imagine an anti, like someone who's pro abortion sitting there and then going to abortion clinic and protesting? Absolutely not. If you believe in something, you're going to believe in it wholeheartedly. I think there's a lot of people that are under the guise of Christians or Christianity that believe and act like wholeheartedly against principles of of, uh, of the Bible. And I see that a lot when it comes to some of these social issues. You know, it's and it's a difference between not liking these people and not in, versus um, not approving what they do. If that makes sense, you know, God made them, God created them, just like He did us. They're sinful, just like us. We all have our sinful nature, and we're all doomed to eternity in hell unless we accept Jesus, unless we believe in the gospel message. So we're all the same. But the only difference is, is that we have that assurance, and we have that belief, and we've made that commitment to follow Christ, even in our sinful nature, even in the world that we live in today, this fallen world. We've made that commitment, and that's our first priority, even though we might struggle. That's our first priority. But some of these people, you know, they sit there and they turn their back on it. I can't imagine how depressing, you know, life must be and what they go through when they have no hope. I mean, think about even, I mean, think about Roe v. Wade. For 50 years, Christians have been praying that Roe v. Wade gets overturned. You know, people that follow, and I want to say people that follow biblical principles because you can throw out Christian and Christianity, and that means absolutely nothing these days. But people that actually follow biblical principles have prayed for 50 years to overturn it, and now it happened. On the other side, the people are freaking out, and they have no recourse. They don't know what to do. They want to change laws. They want to go protest. They want to burn things down. They want to protest and try to assassinate Supreme Court. They're having all this, like, radicalized, non-logical, non-reasonable actions and thoughts because things didn't go their way, and I think that demonstrates a huge uh, difference and a huge void in people when their belief system is not based in the Bible because then their behaviors will be will demonstrate that belief that are not biblical behaviors.
1: Well that's exactly right sign and you know if a person's not getting Biblical Foundation at Home. Um, You know, heaven help that person if they think they're going to get much of that today at the university. Now, there are still, of course, some Christian colleges, thankfully. Uh, It's interesting, you know, a lot of people I don't think realize, Son, and and let let me just read this, for example. I mentioned, you know, like the Ivy League schools. You know, Harvard University is a private Ivy League research university in Cambridge, Massachusetts, founded in 1636 as Harvard College and named for its first benefactor the Puritan clergyman, John Harvard. It is the oldest institution of higher learning in the United States. And, you know, San Harvard, in the early years, they primarily trained uh, ministers, you know, congregational clergy. That was their main uh, focus. Yale University, likewise, um, uh, they were founded in 1701, and they also uh, were established uh, by clergy. To educate ministers. I mean, people don't realize this. And and yet, how far uh, have things gone from that? You know, back in 2013, so now, you know, nine years ago, I wrote a, an article uh, posted on the Christian Post entitled, uh, Sex Week, in quotes, at Yale leaves students guessing. And um, I, um, I I just talk about uh, what was going on there. And, and one of the things that they, they consider to be a, a helpful thing for students, in fact, there was a book that a, a, a man, Nathan Harden, wrote uh, entitled Sex and God at Yale. And he was a 2009 graduate of Yale, uh, also editor of the College Fix, a uh, higher education news website. And, and he, he wrote, there's clearly a radical sex, sexual agenda at work at Yale today. Uh, professors and administrators are busily indoctrinating students into a culture of promiscuity. In fact, Yale pioneered the hosting of a campus sex week, a festival of sleaze, porn, and debauchery. Um, And, you know, you wonder, well, how how can an institution, an educational institution that started out you know, you know, some, uh, you know, 400 years ago, uh, or 300 years ago, I should say, uh, you know, in, in the case of, of Harvard, Harvard, uh, you know, a little, little bit more than that, closer to three, well, closer to 400. But, um, how can an educational, uh, institution It started out to train ministers now have a sex week where they're promoting, you know, porn and promiscuity and things like this. Well, because when you get out of one river and go jump in another river, you're going to get caught up in that flow. You know, they they were in a very wholesome river. When they started uh, back in 1636 and back in 1701, it was a very wholesome river. Not because those clergy that started it were perfect individuals. No, none of us are perfect. But they served the perfect God. And they wanted people to learn. They wanted students to learn about this perfect God who never has sinned. and the, And the God who came to earth and never sinned even one time. Because when we take our eyes off of him and his plan of salvation, and and we start to become enticed by uh, temptation, the way Adam and Eve were, um, if we're not careful, we might do what that man did that I mentioned earlier in the podcast when he decided uh, he wanted to try cocaine. And that is, we might make a decision that is largely voluntary, where we then get overcome. And we become a slave to what has mastered us. In this case, um, you know, there are those mastered by promiscuity and porn. I mean, obviously, those things master people. But so also does the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit controls those who know Christ. And the Bible says that um, you know if we're not controlled by the Holy Spirit, um, then we don't know Christ. So it's very very important that we 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 look and and we see, hey, what. What river am I, am I flowing in? Well, what, what, where am I being moved in my life? And then what am I agreeing to, uh, to do, uh, you know, in, uh, in Romans eight, it says, um, Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit. Who lives in you? Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So it does come down. Son, to which river I'm going to? um, I'm going to be in. And, and, and we can choose, um, even if we find ourselves in a river of sin where it's out of control, we can't control it. We can still by God's grace and by the power of the Holy spirit, we can still turn to God and ask him to forgive our sins. We can still by his grace, repent of our sin. You know, I'm, I'm preaching through the book of Jonah right now. And, uh, you know, Jonah uh, one of God's prophets, um, he uh, he wasn't in the right flow there when God called him to go and preach to the, the people in Nineveh because he didn't want those people. Uh, to, to receive God's mercy. He thought that they weren't deserving of that and, and he wasn't interested in doing that. And so I won't go through the whole story, but, but he ran from God. And as we all know, he ended up out on a ship and he got swallowed up by a, a whale. You know, people, there's an example sign you'll have critics of the Bible say, well, there's no way you could exist in a, in a, in a whale. Well, actually, the reality of it is that, um, you know there in the mediterranean uh there are actually two types of of large fish if you will that could swallow a, a man um you know there's a great white shark uh and there is uh there's a sperm whale um so so there actually are uh fish and God could have just provided uh, you know another fish. Uh he, he could have um he could have he could have made whatever type of fish would have been necessary for that. And isn't it interesting? Um that, you know, people people don't have any problem, son, accepting the fact that man can build a a vessel, we call it a submarine, that can keep people alive underwater for long periods of time but oh no God could never do that not for three days and three nights I mean that's just ridiculous to think that that that, um you know that Jonah would have been swallowed by a whale well um actually it's not ridiculous Jesus referenced it as a historical fact and um it did happen and it's not impossible uh, but even if you thought it was impossible, nothing is impossible with God. So the God who created the universe, the God who created the um, all the planets, and boy, we're seeing even more images of them now on this latest telescope that's going to replace the Hubble telescope. I mean, it's phenomenal what what we're seeing in the universe Son, uh, that God has made. Oh, no, but God could not have created a, a fish big enough to swallow a man, and there's no way God could have kept that man alive for three days and three nights. Well, Jesus knew that it happened. Jesus referred to it as a fact and he even compared it to his own death and resurrection. So, um, the doubters, um, you know, the naysayer son are going to be there, but I would want to say to any naysayer, I'd say, please, please consider what the Bible says that you will stand before God on judgment day. Um, and, and you will have to give an account of yourself and of what you did with Christ, whether you accepted him or rejected him. And there is a place of eternal punishment where people go, and there's no possibility of parole. And there is a place of eternal joy and 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 peace and worship of God. and it's, it's a thousand times better than anything you've ever experienced. So these places exist. Now, whether you choose to believe in that or not today won't change their existence. But what you do with your belief, what you do with your heart, whether you surrender your heart to Christ or whether you surrender your heart to sex week at Yale with promiscuity and porn and everything else. I mean, what are you going to surrender your heart to, my friend? You have to choose. You have to choose. And if you're currently caught up in a flow that you can't seem to control, well, then just tell God about that. Say, God, I can't do it. I can't stop these urges or this behavior that I'm caught up in or this drug addiction or this alcohol addiction or this pornography addiction or this uh, lying or this gossip or this whatever, this grudge that I have against some of this hatred. Tell God, tell him you can't do it. He knows you can't do it. But if you will tell him you can and if you'll confess your sins to him, he will break the chains. Just simply say, wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. Try that. You want to get out of that river? Just say, wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. And say it until you're free. Say it until you believe it. Say it until you're in a different river and you watch what happens. Or not, you know, or not. Um, You're not a robot. You may not do that if you choose not to. Um, But what is coming is this. Um, your day and my day in God's courtroom, for we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And you and I will give an account of our life. And the only cleansing for our sin that could ever happen and will ever happen is by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the only way that's going to be applied to your soul, my friend, is if you trust Jesus as your Savior. But if you do that, it's going to be smooth sailing for you once you leave this world. Smooth sailing. No dark currents, no, you know, um, ugly desires, no anger, no bitterness, nothing. But right now, the reason I believe with all my heart that you're being allowed to, to listen to this podcast that, that son's been, you know, putting forth for, for years now, um, why you're being allowed to listen to sanctified reason today. Uh, is is because God wants you in heaven. And so what are you going to do? What are you going to do right now in this moment? You can either repent and turn to God the way the Ninevites did. And we're getting to that in my sermon series that we're, we're sharing. Um, we're getting to that. In fact, this Sunday, I'm going to talk about how uh, Jonah was, you know, given a second opportunity to go to Nineveh this is after the, the, the whale vomited him out onto dry land. Um, and maybe you're in a whale today, my friend, and maybe you need... Maybe you need to just um, do what Jonah did, change your mind about what God said to you. Maybe God's called you to do something. Maybe God's calling you to repent. Maybe you haven't done it. Maybe you've been on the run. Maybe God put you in a place so that you would repent. It's not a pleasant place, let's say. It's not a happy place. But maybe God's using that so you'll repent um, the way Jonah did, the way the Ninevites needed to. Uh, and they did. So anyway, um, think about that. Um, and right now this may be the most voluntary your faith decision will ever be right now. God may have just kind of moved aside some of the stuff for you and said, Hey, make the call. You make the call. I'll back you up if you choose me. But if you reject me, um, it won't. It won't go well. It won't go well. So, um, you know, think about that, my friend. God wants you on His team. Uh, do you want to be on God's team?
0: You know, Dan. One last thing that I kind of find not ironic, but um, is the fact you you mentioned Princeton and you mentioned you know these educational entities that were primarily established you know with religious intent. You know, and you think about the rainbow. And what that means, you know, God promised after, you know, flooding the earth that he was going to not destroy the earth by flood again, and so he brings a rainbow, and how the secular world takes these things that originally were, you know, biblically based, and they bastardize them into a worldly belief system. And so now you have, you know, so when people fly the pride flag, as they call it, the rainbow flag, You know, I find the the humor in the fact that what they're really proclaiming is the fact of God's promise, and they don't realize that. You know, and so they'll sit there and they'll make these claims. And then the other thing too is like you mentioned, you know, people will debunk certain things about Christianity. Well, can you know somebody fit inside a whale? Well, it's not like it was Geppetto, you know, inside the whale of Pinocchio, and he had this cavernous place to live. You know, it was probably, you know, slim pickings and really tight and snug, you know, like with the the Bible says, being, you know, clenched from the jaws of death, you know, being taken from the jaws of death. And so what people in their limited mind, what they don't realize that if God created creation, everything that we see, like everything, then God can provide whatever he wants to prove a point or to get a message across. I mean, Jesus conquered death took upon the sins of the world conquered death rose again and so if he can do that so you just you know so people that kind of simplify and limit what god can do i think they just don't get it and when right. you and yeah. when you and when you take these things from the bible and you try to make it a pop culture thing like the like the rainbow with the pride flag and stuff i think again it's again they're just their strict defiance against what it's probably knocking on their heart. They probably realize they might not realize exactly what it is, but they probably realize there's something, you know, wrong with this that we're doing because we want multiple people to affirm what we're doing. You know, you need that acceptance. You know, as, as a Christian, we don't need acceptance from anybody else. We don't need, we don't need other people to say, Hey, why don't you be a Christian? Because I'm a Christian and hey, you should be a Christian and collectively we're going to be Christians because we're confident in our one-on-one relationship with God. We don't need affirmation from anybody else to assure us of our salvation be in some of these other lifestyles. They need affirmation from other people and other people to join in. And what's the first thing that you learn as a kid, if you want to get in a mischief is you try to get other people to join you. So that way you're not the only one in this mischievous situation trying to get out there and do whatever it is that you're trying to do. And so again, you know, I think when people kind of simplify God, they're really missing the point that, you know, God created everything. God could have made one single fish whale, whatever, for that one purpose, and it's no longer existence anymore because that was the sole purpose for that one fish. Whatever the case may be, you know, God can do whatever he wants to do, but the main thing, what he really wants, is for us to follow him and spend eternity with him in heaven.
1: Well, amen, Son. Yeah, very, very well said, and uh, that is exactly right, and it just really illustrates what we've been talking about today, you know, here in the podcast, just how, uh, you know, how much our beliefs and our behavior, um, you know, how much of it at times we do have, uh, we do have a say in, especially early on, you know, before we start to get, uh, you know, either really flowing with God where he really starts to take over, you know, the Bible says it's God who works in us to will and to act according to his good purpose, uh, or if we start going in the other direction and go moving away from God and we're getting, you know, pulled by, by those currents. So, um, that's where I say I'm, I'm thankful that God then gives opportunities for, um, you know, for each one of us to kind of come to our senses, the way the the, the prodigal son did, the way that uh, Jonah did, you know, after he ran away from God, and uh, and so yeah, it's just uh, an awesome thing, God's grace, and I hope that every listener realizes that no matter where they've been, no matter what they're currently doing that God will meet them, uh, where they're at. He'll, he'll forgive their sins if they'll, if they'll come to Christ in faith. And, uh, and so that's, that's just the beauty of the gospel. And, you know, son, as you and I know, there's nothing in the world that can even, that can even touch that. And, um, I, uh, you know, as, as we're talking here, son, I, I, uh, I was looking here for, it was back on, uh, July 8th. So, you know, um, uh, 2015, seven years ago, I wrote an article entitled, uh, maybe actually they may have chosen this title. I might have had a different title, but, uh, white house rainbow celebrates sin. Noah's Ark reminds us of God's judgment and love. And, uh, and it says, the and there's a photo here, the white house is illuminated in rainbow colors after today's historic Supreme court ruling legalizing gay marriage in Washington, June 26, 2015. And I'll tell you, son, uh, that was every bit as dark of a Supreme court decision as Roe v. Wade. Um, you know, there's an ebb and flow on these things. I mean, there were enough Supreme Court justices now uh, that, that that recognize that, that Roe v. Wade was wrong. Um, could it be that maybe there'll be enough Supreme Court justices that will wake up and realize that you cannot change the definition of marriage because God created marriage? There's only one definition of marriage, and that's between a man and a woman. Anything else is a counterfeit. Now, you can call it marriage. And you can tell people they're married, but God doesn't say they're married. Um, uh, a society might say that, but you cannot undo what God has done. You, you, you know, you know, it's like with changing gender, son. I mean, a, a person can can change their body; they can get hormone suppressing drugs, but they can't change their, you know, who they are. They, they, they can't change their their DNA. They, they can't change who God created them to be. And likewise. Um, no one can change the true definition of marriage. So, so that was something that happened, uh, as we know, now about seven years ago, a very, very sad day in America, not because uh, people in, 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 in that life are bigger sinners than anyone else, no, but, but, but because the minute you attempt to redefine sin, whether it be adultery Whether it be just sexual lust in general, like with pornography, whether it be fornication, whether it be homosexual behavior. I mean, all of these things, anytime you try to say that's no longer a sin. And sadly, we've even got some some churches, some churches that have said that, oh, that's no longer a sin. Oh, really? Well, I guess God didn't get the memo because God certainly hasn't sent us a correction on it. Um, And, you know, people will say, well, Jesus didn't really talk about, you know, homosexuality. Well, but there were a lot of things he didn't talk about but he didn't change God's plan. I mean, he clearly spoke about marriage between a man and a woman. Um, there were other sins that Jesus didn't specifically address or call out, but, but that doesn't mean that man has the right to go and, and, and change things just because he's caught up in a current that is flowing away from the throne of God, away from heaven and in the direction of hell. I mean, does anybody remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Um, you know, God does not, um, God does not, uh, leave sin unpunished. And, and, and so, like I say, we can, I guess we'll probably conclude with this, I suppose, son, um, and whatever else you might have. Um, but, uh, you know, I would say to everyone listening, there, your sin will be paid for. Either you will pay for it in the prison the Bible calls hell, or, You'll come to Christ in this life and trust that what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago paid for your sin. Those are the only two options. Your sin will be paid for. Make no mistake about it. God is just. He would love to forgive you. He would love to save you. Don't let the devil convince you you're too big of a sinner because, no, God will save you. But if you refuse to be saved, if you refuse to bring your sin to the cross, The only other option there is for you to stand in God's courtroom and for the sentence to be handed down. And there's no recourse to that. There's no, um, you know, there's no appeal process with that. Um, you know, eternity in prison without parole. And, and that's what hell is and heaven is is just the opposite, you know? So I hope you'll, you'll, um, trust Christ today, my friend. I hope you'll, you'll get in that river, even if you find yourself today in a very dark place or a, a long ways from God. Many, many people have found themselves there. So it doesn't mean you're a bigger sinner than other people. But here's the deal. It's not about how big or little your sin is. Your sin's enough to send you to hell, let me tell you without Christ. And and it's enough, my sins enough to send me to hell without Christ, okay? Only the blood of Jesus. You know, it's it's like the prince of preachers Charles Spurgeon said, he said, uh, "Morality will keep you out of jail, but only the blood of Jesus will keep you out of hell." So I ask you one more time, will you just say to Jesus today, "Wash me, Jesus, in your precious blood." And then believe it and receive it and be forgiven. And justified, and born again, and redeemed, and saved on the front end of your relationship with God, and you'll never regret that. But if you leave this moment and let it go, and you don't trust Christ in this moment, there's no guarantee that later today or by tomorrow you may say, well, "Man, that was some crazy stuff we were listening to on sanctified Reason. I, you know, I, you know, so I'm telling you, you're going to start flowing the minute, as soon as it's done, you're either going to be flowing with it or away from it. And just watch your heart. You'll see. You'll see. It gets that's the way it, does it with all of us. So son, I think I think uh yeah, I'm so glad you took this topic today, son, to have us discuss. I think it's very, very important. And uh, yeah, I'm just thankful that uh, you know, that we're able to sh to, to, to share this and, and uh and learn from the Lord. I mean we you and I have so much still. We're trying to learn from God. We we certainly don't have all the answers, but but praise the Lord we can share some things that He has shown us and and, and, and go from there.
0: So Dan Dozell, he writes at the Christianpost.com. You can just log on, search his name, and a lot of his articles will pop up, D-E-L-Z-E-L-L, Dan Dozell. And I encourage you to go there and uh, check out his writings. For our show, you can go to uh, radiowarp.com. That's radio, W-A-R-P, radiowarp.com. Uh, dot com. Just click on the um, logo for Sanctified Reason, and our shows will pop up. If there's other shows that you'd like to listen to, that's probably the best way to um, find them. Dan, again, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for your insight, and we look forward to uh, our next conversation.
1: Oh, I sure do as well, Son. Thanks so much, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll
0: plan on that. And for those of you listening, hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend, and until next time, God bless.